Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. gentlemen welcome back to the mental mastery alliance podcast i have with us today uh an exciting guest somebody i've wanted to talk to for a while uh somebody in the industry um the industry itself that has been peculiarly silent for so long because everybody's afraid of absolutely everything uh and if you are part of the canadian audience or if you have been following this in the states or across the world the truckers association going on in canada right now we this I couldn't have this guest on at a better time because we're literally watching this happen. It's all over TikTok. It's all over Instagram. It's all over absolutely everything. And if you really want to take a look at it, you can find what's going on. Uh, the trucks are in Ottawa. The protests are happening. Hundreds of thousands of people are out there. Uh, I have friends all over that city. I'm getting first from cell phones. I'm getting firsthand accounts of what's going on. And then I'm turning on the news. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you're aware of my absolute love for propaganda and how clear it's become as we progress through this. And again, you know, as well as I do, that we promote first and foremost, mental health, mental awareness, anxiety and depression reduction. And when the world and everything that you know, and the essence of everything that you feel is completely different than everything that you see when you turn on the TV and you think it's you, that's the problem. That's where these guys win. So today uh, with us, we have Molly Trotter. 
Molly is a former uh, broadcast news journalist. She has been on the air for years and years and years. I'm going to let her tell her story. Molly, I, again, like I said in the intro, I can't, I can't think of a better time to have you on here right now than when propaganda is running rampant and you bailed on the industry because of this bullshit way back in the day. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to or how it all came to be. Let's get a little bit of your backstory. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, no, no problem. I, I think right now is a great time because at the end of the day, like we turn on the TV for what? For them to tell us, you know, what's important, what we should be paying attention to. But for years, they've been seeding fear, you know, deception, just like a bunch of trash. And when I when I got into the news, I got into it to really tell the underdog story because we all have a voice. Most of us can speak. Right. And by the end of the day, most people are like, I don't know how to use it. And I really do think there's been an assault on our voice for so long. So I'm like, you know what? I'm an outgoing person. I'm a good person, a person of integrity. Like I will step into this. So I got into that back in, what was it? Like 2012. And um, I was in a new station in Oregon and in Eastern Washington. And really about two years in, I was like, oh man, okay, this is not going to be my forever home. And here's why. So I am 23, 24 years old. They are sending me out on stories where murderers were on the loose by myself. Nobody's with me. It's 10, it's 9.50 at night. We're going live at 10 or whatever the time was. And I'm just like, I remember sitting in the newsroom with my, my news director and we're having a debate. And I said, I am not going out there. I went out there at six. It was dark. I had somebody come up and threaten me. I had nobody there. And you guys are in my ear, go live in five seconds. And I'm just like, I'm not bail because I do not know if this person has a gun or not. Mm. They wanted me to go out again at 11. And I'm just like, I'm not going. He goes and he argues with me about it, goes, sits in his office, comes out. He's like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You shouldn't go. That's a good idea. And I'm just like, you think? Like, come on. Like, this is crazy. Um, It even got to the point where I learned how to box to protect myself. Um, I got my concealed carry. So I had a gun and they said, you can't bring that on shoots. I'm just like, excuse me, if anybody is going to protect themselves, it's going to be the reporter fighting for her life, not her getting shot, ending up in the hospital, possibly not making it. That was not going to be my narrative. Which would be one hell of a sweeps, too, if you had to defend yourself live on air. Oh my gosh. They would probably love that to be honest. Being like, thank you. It's like, cause they're always trying to find that viral angle. So that was one instance, um, probably like the one that's most vivid in my mind. So fast forwarding to how I ended up getting off the air. So, you know, made my way up in the ranks. You start at small stations, you go up to, you know, middle market, big markets, like, you know, like a, LA, Chicago, New York, that type of a thing. And I eventually wanted to make it down to LA and I live in orange County now, but, um, you know, just bigger, all that stuff. So I remember the day so vividly where I end up finishing out all my shift. And mind you, my last station I was at, they worked me to the bone with overtime. I was a morning reporter. So I had to get up at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning to go in. I'd finish at noon. They're like, hey, can you stay for a couple more hours? And so they worked me to the bone for pennies. Like the money is trash, by the way. And I'm just like, okay. So I remember getting called into the news director's office and they're basically saying like, we're letting you go based off this post you put on your Facebook. And I was like, um, it was my personal Facebook. What it was, was a before and after photo of me having a transformation of basically losing 12% body fat, 18 pounds, whatever taking, I mean, that took a lot of effort, right? Because about a year prior to that photo, I really got into my health and fitness journey. I just wanted to inspire people because you know, what you put into your body and how you exercise like really matters. And that's always been a vein for me. Um, I was a collegiate athlete, played volleyball in college. So basically for them to tell me, Hey, you put this on your personal profile, um, we're letting you go because it violates our guidelines, which they never showed me, by the way. 
And then um, I was like, but this has nothing, this has no company property to it. They said, well, viewers don't know the difference. I said, well, the viewers don't pay my bills. That's what I said back in the day when really advertising does, right? So they actually had somebody walk into the office, walk me over to my desk, escort me out the building. Like I just murdered somebody. And I was like, y'all are something else. I was like, but I, in that moment, and this is where I'll pause in that moment, that's where I felt a huge burden lift. And I knew I was never going to go back into the industry. I had people come in, give me offers, say, we'd love to bring you in. But I was just like, no, like if this is how this is going to happen. Plus I had people because I ended up on a vlog or not a vlog, just a, a news blog, I should say. I had people from all over the, the country calling my news director. Is this girl? Is this like, who is she? This and that. Da, 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 who does she think she is? And I'm like, you guys are insane. So I'll, I'll pause it there because I'm sure you have questions. I have all kinds of questions, but I mean, I mean, first and foremost, what was it that, okay. So you, you posted a before and after, um, were you semi nude? Was that, was it quote unquote vulgar in the eyes? Was there too much skin? Did it go past the 18% Facebook algorithm allowance or were you mouthy beforehand, you know, and was this just an excuse to get you out? Because we all know that the man running the newsroom, uh, for the most part is, uh, the division, you know, between the people and, and, and the higher ups and the suits that don't want to do any calls. Everybody's just working from a spineless jellyfish position. So Mike, and, and that's not being rude. I'm not sitting here criticizing these people. I'm like, every single person is just trying to save their own ass. And especially when you're on the air and you think you're super important and you think people are looking at you like they fucking care. Mind my language. I get animated sometimes, but my, yeah, Mike. So my question to you is, is were you set up? Do you feel that you were set up? Do you feel that there was something more to it? You know, what's your take on that? Yeah. So great questions, by the way. So when I look back at it, when I had my, my, my first like, here's my before and here's my after I was basically wearing like a sports bra and some like boy shorts. So, and I was, I'm not going to lie. I was holding my chest up so you could see those upper abs, which are really hard to get. And I was like, I'm freaking proud of that. Are you kidding me? So when I put that out there, I mean, they just lost it. And I was like, in my mind, it didn't register because I'm like, you literally have people that are anchors on the station, not that particular station, but news stations across the globe that do bikini contests that show far more than I do purposefully. But yet here I am getting ridiculed. So that was one thing. Um, What was your other question? You had a couple more. Did you think that you were set up for this? In other words, do you think that this was just their excuse to move you? Mm. Because, Because I've only known you for a few minutes here, but I can tell that you, you exude, a certain amount of strength and confidence. Uh, I'll tell you what, that confidence is what got me in the door. Mm-hmm. But yes, I believe that confidence of knowing that I'm not going to play by these trash rules. I, I believe so. Because when I put that post up there, now that I'm recollecting, they basically warned me. They said, take it down and we'll fire you. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? So what did Molly do back then? Molly went on a Facebook live and went on a little rant being like, this is garbage y'all. And so yes, did I add fuel to the fire? 100%. Plus, you know, before, even before all that popped off, just me posting and trying to inspire other people, they just didn't like it. They're basically, they were like, you don't fit our narrative. So by the time the whole firing happened, it all made sense, but it was just kind of like, really like you worked me to the bone like a dog and then this is how you're gonna like basically play me but it was a it was a blessing at the end of the day so yeah i do feel like i was set up and they're finally like okay finally she's out so another fun question because you are physically attractive um did you experience in your uh in your tenure there any of that shit that they talk about with regards to the me too movement 
Um, and this is something that I touched on a long time ago. And I said, I've said this before uh, and, you know, cancel culture can come at me, but I'm pretty sure cancel culture is not listening to this show. The me too movement may have started as something and it may have been a thing, but it certainly got hijacked uh, and it certainly got uh, politicized. And I am a very firm believer that the me too movement turned into if you're not going to be a part of the narrative moving forward, in other words, if you've got a problem with what we're about to do with COVID, um, you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to, you get the opportunity to, to suck it up and run with us, or we're going to ruin your name across all the public platforms. So my question to you on this is, and, and living through the experience, and again, being an attractive girl, you may have been Harvey Weinstein, or you may have been canned or however it went, you know, there's both sides to that quote unquote me too. Uh, and again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sitting here defending myself when I say this, I'm not trying to be rude to the movement because there's always a truth and a narrative and clearly things needed to change in a Hollywood or in a society that knew a hundred percent of this shit. I mean, how many times do you see the pictures of Oprah handing people off to Harvey Weinstein? Like there was a pecking order that ran the gamut. So, I mean, I'm running, I'm rambling. Now. Those are the greatest run on sentence in the world. So again, back to you. What, <laughs> what was your experience with with that if i mean if, if I, that's not very clear but how did that work out with 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 for you yeah so i was very lucky where um both of my news directors they were both male so i never had issues one was kind of like a grandfather because he was super old on his way out the other one was very like upright you know just you know good human being so i never had any of those issues but i also know back to your strength you know comment that you made i've always exuberated that and i've um you know, I, I've had instances where, you know, I've, I found out some teachers in my old high school, like, you know, hit on and kind of did some stuff to younger girls that weren't OK. My mom's like, did that ever happen to you? I said, no, because anybody that comes and tries to bark up my tree will know. And I've had people inappropriately in other professions bark up my tree and I had to set them in their place. because I'm like, no, I'm not that chick. Mm-hmm. And it's like at the end of the day, like. I'm glad that that didn't happen. And my heart breaks for the ones that does, that does happen to you, but you got to be able to take on like, okay, like, what are you going to accept? Like, what is that going to, you got to like have that discernment of like, is what's happening right now. Right. And how am I going to protect myself from that? Because there's a lot of trash out there as we, uh, clearly as we're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. And everywhere. I mean, and, and again, there's, you know, there's, there's the six and one half dozen of another. Cause what was it? Louis CK was one of the guys that got, that got me to, uh, and his biggest, and, and his thing was he was jacking off on the phone while talking to, um, female clients, customers, whatever. I'm not hundred percent sure. And Dave Chappelle, again, made it, he made me laugh when he said, could you imagine coming out against Louis CK and not being able to handle somebody jacking off on the phone while you're on the phone? Like that's crushing your career. He says, he says, people need to be stronger. And, and I, and I a hundred percent agree with that, that statement, like people need to be stronger. People need to be like, shit's going to happen. You need to be able to pivot and, and, and alter course and be like, this is fucked up. I'm not into it. Right. Yes. And then Louis CK comes back out a couple years later with his special, not another comedy special. I guess they gave him another chance. Cause again, the more this plays out, the more you kind of realize that there was a lot of people that obviously weren't playing ball. Uh, and they got, they either decided to start playing ball or, you know, they got a taste of this is what we're going to do to you. Um, and, and we're going to, we're going to destroy your image in the public opinion, a court of court of public appeal, because it only takes like one or two people. Like how does Louis CK get a job, a job back? Aziz Ansari, Aziz Ansari was like, basically he got me too, but he was like, you were rude on a date. You know, that's what, that's what they, you know, the image right now, I'm sure there's, there's somebody out there just listening to this podcast, waiting for me to fuck up, you know, 
bring it, you know, again, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just asking questions and not to you, but like to the audience. And, and, and again, I'll, I'll do respect to the me too movement, but how does Bill Cosby, how did, they said 58 women or something pointed the finger at Bill Cosby and then they let him go. Right. So what side of the story is true? Like what's ha- if this is true, then why would, why would this be? And then the other side of the story is Bill Cosby tried to buy NBC and they said, you can't have it. You're not doing this. We're not going to push this narrative. And now we're going to crush you. Right? Uh-huh. And there's another thing too. If Bill Cosby did do all these things, he was allowed to do them, you know, as it took place back in the day. And there was this underlying tone where people needed to quote unquote, again, play ball to get a certain position or to get a certain thing. And it was, an, it was a well-known thing. And yeah. again, it's not a right thing, but do you think from your experience in, in this world that people got shut down? Like all of a sudden, whoever it was decided that, that we weren't going to play this this way. And now because we know of your misgivings and your discrepancies and things that you didn't want your wife or kids to know, uh, we're going to, we're going to take you off the air. We're going to, we're going to ruin your career unless you agree to just do what we're going to do. Do you think that that's a possibility out there? Oh, I 100% believe that's a possibility out there. And that's where it's like, you kind of have to know, quote unquote, who you're getting into bed with, right? Like originally I wanted to go into the news to be able to be a voice and tell stories and all of that. And like back to what I was saying, two years in, I was like, this isn't going to be my forever home because that industry is a lost cause. It's like, if you, if you look at that, you know, you have like a little candle in your hand, you're holding a candle and I'm in my little corner trying to protect it because everybody's trying to blow out my light, right? The light, you know, being a metaphor of like trying to just bring light into the darkness. Like I've always been that type of person. I've never like succumbed to just like, you know, all the trash and not to say that I'm perfect. There's moments, right. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, we got to find that silver line and we got to find that hope. And I believe that it's out there. And that's just the way I choose to view life everywhere. Like I just, that's, that's me, but they always tried to keep blow, just blowing out the light, blowing out the light. And so I just was like, this, this, this is a lost cause really at the end of the day. And, you know, to personal preference, obviously you say we can let it rip on here, personal preference, all of that, when it comes to, um, you know, getting the jab and all that, it's like, I, I chose not to get it. And I know that, if I was in the news, they would have forced me out one way or the other. But I'm like, I would I would have been fired no matter what, no matter how long I've been in the game. I just was not fitting their mold and their narrative. And then for them to push everything that they're pushing. I'm just like, I see friends that are still on the news. And honestly, I'm like to each their own. But I just shake my head because I'm like, you have to know deep down that a lot of this is trash. A lot of this is just garbage. And you're making like it's just it wasn't the impact that I wanted to make really at the end of the day. So I know either way I would have been fired at some point because I'm too strong willed and like opinionated because I actually like to dig and find my own opinion. And what the news does is says, Hey, feed this to you. This is fact. Take it. Don't think of anything else. Just take it. And then you'll be good. And that's what we've been programmed to do. But you know, the millennial generation, I think does a little bit better of a job of like, well, wait a second. Like, I want to dig on this a little bit more. Like I know my parents, like in the baby boomer generation, they're just like taking it as fact. And I'm like, no, like actually think on it and figure out what it is that you want to say. And that's why I think so many people are sheep out there is because they're just like, okay, I'm going to wear this mask. It's going to protect me. I'm going to do this because they say to do that. I'm going to do that because they say, well, did you ever stop to think that like that does not make sense at all? But the ones that want to say, Hey, this doesn't make sense. You're a conspiracy theorist. And I'm just like, all right, dude, like it's, it's whatever, you know, I'm not going to try to lose relationships over. If you want to have the conversation, let's have it. But all to, all that to be said is I was never going to fit their narrative long term, but I gathered so many skill sets being in there. So I'm grateful for, because now what I get to do is I get to help people find their voice. How do you want to share your story, your opinion? Because social media obviously is everything right now. It's where people are getting 
all their stuff out. News stations get way more play on social media, too, than they do with people sitting down and watching. And at the end of the day, it's like, quit sharing everybody else's stuff. They're coming. They're following you because they want to hear you. So what is it going to take for you to understand that, you know, your experiences, everything you've done up until now, somebody can get value from that. And, and how do you put that out there so people can be like, ah, and like, just get them to view things differently because the, the, the same regurgitated narrative is just, it drives me insane. It's just like, oh, okay, well, you've been fed that. You clearly haven't, you know, taken the time to like develop your own voice. You just want to take the easy way out and you're just like spoon feed it to me. And that's what the news depends on is we want to spoon feed it to you. Here's what we want you to think. Think it. And if you don't think it, then we're going to come against you with all this crap. So you'll basically get bullied into thinking it because that's just what we want to do. Yeah. Lots to unpack there. And your friends that are still in the news, do you have the opportunity to sit down and speak with them and ask them like, have you ever had like a a come on moment with one, with anybody that's still in the news, just be like, you can't possibly believe the shit that you're putting out there. You know, uh, I had one with one person and she basically um, she was a good friend back in the day. And she basically was like she sent me this this uh, <laughs> novel of a message on Facebook being like, Molly, you have a really strong following and platform. And what you say, people listen to. And basically was trying to tell me I was wrong for what I was saying. And I literally it took me a while to respond back to her because I was just like, I want to make sure that this hits home and I'm not coming down on her and I'm not trying to be negative. But I'm like, look, at the end of the day, you're 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 damn right. I have a strong platform because what I am doing is I'm fighting your narrative. There's a reason why that's not settling with you. And there's probably you probably know the stuff that you're saying is not true and it's trash like you, you know it. So I've had those conversations, um, but I, most of them have just like fallen off and we don't talk anymore because it's like, I, I don't know if it's like, I don't even dare want to go down that route. I don't know how she's going to react. And and, I, and I'm cool with that, but I, I am an open book. Like I will, if you're going to come in and ask, like, I'm like, I hope you can, you know, handle the truth. That's going to come back to you. Cause that's what you're going to get. Yeah. If for, you know, for the, for this, when it all started, I was like right at the gate. I'm like, I have questions. I don't, I'm not going to blindly accept this. And and it was amazing how many people wanted to attack me uh, on that on that principle, just because I, I, I had questions. Was I not allowed? Was I not allowed to ask questions? Right. Apparently not. And but the problem for me in that sense was because I was moderately aware of this, you know, trailing back to like I'd been I'd been looking into things prior to COVID. Obviously, uh, I mean, looking into things like nine eleven, uh, Pearl Harbor. Um, the AIDS virus, uh, all of these things, Black Tom, for example, things that we, you know, we, we weren't allowed to listen to or talk about. Um, and then other things like, you know, what is the Tartaria or the mud floods or what are star forts and, you know, what's all this other stuff that's going on and, and what are the odds that, you know, the dinosaurs didn't actually exist and what, and like, why would we believe this stuff? And why are they trying to tell us that we all came from cavemen and, and the earth is this long and they've completely wiped out an entire generation an entire history of, of other civilizations and why is there so much proof of other civilizations and how were the pyramids identical in Egypt and in Maya and all these other things that just kept coming and coming and coming. So as, as the COVID thing hits, it's just right in my wheelhouse. I'm like, why would I believe this? This is bullshit. And then of course the number one defense is here. We've got polio. You got, you know, we cured this, we cured that. Right. But people aren't talking about how the majority of the world, you talked earlier about how it was, you're healthy, your, your body, your body size, what you put in your body is massively healthy. Right. And as an individual myself, like my youth was spent in, in very detrimental ways, drinking and smoking and drugs and fast women and all this, you know, high ticket sales, all the money, all the, all the, you know, third dimensional crap, 
all the shit that you think that you need and, and think that you want and, and everything that you're told to, to, to ingest, the shitty food, all this stuff. And even now, when you're trying to be as healthy as possible, you're still buying steaks from the grocery, which are just chock full of hormones and all kinds of stuff, which is why everybody's falling apart on the inside. And I'm not allowed to ask about COVID because we also have this generation where there are super fat people absolutely everywhere. And I'm not skinny right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm working on it. Don't judge me. But I'm telling you, I'm busting my ass and I'm, I'm, I'm aware. And that's the best thing that you can say to anybody. Just simply be aware. Do your best to be aware. And once you are aware, things change. When you decide I'm going to be aware of what I'm putting in my body and what I'm thinking about doing or lifting weights or walking or being physical, you don't think to yourself, I'm going to stop eating McDonald's. It just naturally falls off once you become aware. Um, and this is, this is uh, you know, one of the biggest things out there. All of these things take place and all of these things transpire. And every single one of these things goes into my mind when somebody says the vaccine. And you've got all of these people, like I said, that are well overweight, um, you know, if you look back at a picture from the 60s and 70s, nobody's overweight, right? And then what, what comes in? You've got all these vaccines and all these other things and all this processed food that's come in in the past 30, 30, 40 years that's just destroying the people. And they're jacking them up with more and more needles. Look at all these needles you got to get to go here and there and, and everywhere. Yeah. And it's messing with people. But the problem with that is these people, there's a, there's a collective of people out there that understand, hey, man, I've, I've ruined my entire life. I'm 500 pounds and I'm five foot two. And I'm going to get this needle because this needle will negate the entire lifetime of abuse that I've put into my body. And if I can do that, if I can take this needle, so can you, if I can negate all the crap that I've ever done, you're the bad guy. No longer me. I'm not the bad guy because I got the vaccine and now I'm going to shit all over you because now I'm self-righteous. So there's a really interesting factoid out there of all these people that have decided that this propaganda is the propaganda that I like and that I accept. And you, again, you know, your media background and all that sort of stuff, I get your take on this is, you know, I'm curious to know because I'm curious in the media, how many times, you know, were you sent out to do a, to do a statement or to do a message? It's like, what the hell is this? And then like once or twice you'll do it, but then, you know, you, you got to say enough is enough, which you, which you did, but you know, what's your take on how responsible we are for ourself versus how the medium wants to make us responsible for everybody else. Again, mm -hmm. convoluted question, but I think, I think you got that one. Then. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, it's, I mean, what the media is trying to do is trying to quote unquote, give you an easy way out. Right. Yeah. Because if you're looking over like, Oh, if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to kill grandma or this, that, the other thing. I'm just like, Yo, if the, is this what we're really focusing on right now? But to your point, and you 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 paired into this beautifully, it's like, you know, when all that stuff came on the scene, like all the shots, all the, you know, the processed food, all the trash, like we have seen obviously such an uptick in obesity and just like poor habits, right? So at the end of the day, it's like people just do not want to do the hard work, take a long look in the mirror and just be like, wow, like I need to take responsibility for my decisions because you are your first responsibility at the end of the day. But they, yet they want to be like, you did this to me. You did this to me. How could you? And they want to just point the finger because it's so much easier than to look back and internalize. And that's like the real, you know, when, when it comes to people that are successful and not. The people that are successful have just been disciplined, point blank, period. Boil it down to one word, discipline. Whether they're thinking for themselves, they're eating right, they're exercising, the people they have around themselves, like what they choose to focus on, period. But the people that aren't, 
that are, you know, whether it's overweight or they have, you know, all these other things. And again, we all got problems. We all got things that we shouldn't be doing. Like nobody's perfect, but you know, you know, deep down when you look in the mirror, you're like, okay, like, you know, this isn't right, but you're like, I'm going to deal with it later. And that's where New Year's resolutions, I just call BS on it. Cause I'm just like, seriously, like, no, I, January, I, I could do, I could do without January. Like that month could just be like, let's just skip to February, forget the resolutions. Just, you got your goals, get on it, move on. You know what I mean? And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, it's just like, you know, I, I work, I look at my years and quarters, so I can't really do that necessarily, but I don't need to wait to January to, to get started on nothing. Like I will get started on Christmas day if I want to, because I want to, because every day counts. And what we've learned from COVID and everything is you don't know when your last day is going to be like a lot of these people that passed and, you know, God rest their soul. Like they, they have these underlying health conditions. They passed from it. They didn't know it was going to be like, if that's it for them. So it's like, if anything, like you need to get in there and start right now. And the news has done, again, a poor job of like, let's blame everybody else. And it's not look internally. So the less you look at yourself, the honestly, the worse it becomes. And then for a lot of people, it's almost too late by the time they start trying to fix it. So with your stuff right now, you've moved on and you've moved out of, of all that. And you've utilized, you know, the gifts, the gifts that you learned through the pain of the bullshit that was all that, um, how to become something. And this is a huge one too. Because I've always said this a thousand times over, like this narrative, this bullshit, this COVID is teaching people a certain thing. And it's actually really cool because when you sit back and you go, all right, so through the stuff that I don't want, I'm learning the things that I do. And, you know, prior to COVID taking place, we were literally bitching about straws. We were bitching about plastic straws and and paper. So we went from plastic straws and paper wrappers to paper straws and plastic wrappers. And that was like, we were okay with that, you know? We spend all of our time worrying about what Beyonce and Jay-Z are up to. We spend all of our time doing all this shit, right? People, even yep. still, even today, people don't ask questions. Like you've got a full packed uh, bread and circus football stadium. Yes. Yet, yet your child has to wear its mask and, and be socially distanced in school. So they're, they're pre-programming and brainwashing children. Yep. Meanwhile, the adults can just go do whatever the hell they want because it's not really a war against us. It's a war against our children. We want them to be trained a certain way in a certain thing. And this propaganda runs real deep. But it needs to run deep so that people can wake up from certain things. And like I was saying before, because we were aware of things from a very early age or from a very like a, a younger spot, we, people like you and I, and people like the audience, most of my audience is super awake and super amazing. Um, and we have to sit through the bullshit. It's like, I get it. I know this message. I've learned this message, but I'm, I'm watching the world wake up. And, and it takes a little bit longer. So there are some people that woke up today. There are, there are a lot of people that are asking me questions today that would have made fun of me or, or criticized the whole thing a, a year ago, two years ago. So I think that that's happening on a, on a much larger scale. And I think that that's really cool that we have this, this growth taking place where a mass awakening, whatever you want to call it. And then you've got one side, the propaganda side being like woke, woke, everything's woke, right? Huge difference between woke and waking up. Um, mm-hmm. So the pain that's, you know, the pain that's going on, people are finally seeing some shit, which is a really big deal now, because when they get to meet you in, in the process that uh, sort of of where you are right now, uh, and we'll go ahead and give you a plug here, you're doing, you know, find your voice, uh, present like a pro. You're doing things that are allowing anyone that's either just found their voice or just found their desire to speak. And I've said this a thousand times on the show. For every one person that's willing to speak, there are a hundred thousand willing to listen. Mm. number one fear in the world is public speaking. Number two is death. More people would rather be in the box than standing at the podium at the funeral. That's crazy to me. 
So what are you doing right now? How are you helping? How are you helping the masses when they, when they come to you? What's your, what's your, what's your, what's your take on this? Yeah. It's like, number one, just like, okay, you have a gift to share point blank period. And a lot of people are going, how do I find my purpose in my gifting? Well, here's a, here's a really easy exercise for you. What do people say that you're good at that they would never be able to do? Like, what are things that you're naturally gifted at? And start writing down like those top three things and start like zoning in. And if you can solve people's problems, people will be willing to pay for you, pay you for those problems, right? I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. That's why I wanted to start there. Um, But there's different people in corporate, things like that. But it's all about when you're speaking, you're basically sharing, okay, here's the problem. Here's the solution. That's what people want. That's the only reason why people speak. It's the only reason why, you know, with your podcast, I love that you just rip on it because you're like, this is what it is, you know? And you have people that are loyal to you because you keep it real. And that's what it is. It's being authentic and real with your voice. And how do you want people to receive that? So you mentioned present like a pro. Um, I have two different courses, present like a pro and signature soundbite method. Uh, present like a pro is all the things from, you know, the, the body language, the outfits, the how do you present to look like that professional? And then the um, signature soundbite method is, okay, now we get down to the nitty gritty and talking. A lot of people will sleep on signature soundbite because they're like, they may not understand, but when it comes down to it, there's a lot of people, the reason why speaking is the number one fear is because they don't know how to communicate effectively. So right. in that course is how do you boil down a message to really get straight to the point, short, sweet to the point. And I tell people, especially since a lot of what I do, it's um, I, my title, if you will. I don't really care for titles, but it's an on-camera confidence coach. So a lot of people, they want to be able to get out there on social media, share, you know, or on a podcast, they want to be able to share Boil down what you want to say. Here's the topic and here's my three bullet points. Boom, done. That takes you 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 10 minutes. Get in there. But you don't need to come on and do like an hour spiel, especially if you're terrified to do it. Just get in there and share. And so it's giving people the tangible takeaways in each course present like a pro signature sound by method is an hour because I want you to go out there and actually do it. I don't need you to sit here and listen to me for hours on end. Here's what you need to know. And here's how you go do it. Because what we've been seeing with the world waking up to your point is people are starting to speak out. They're like, you know what? I'm tired of this. Like I'm tired of like people not actually knowing where I'm coming from. I'm tired of not being able to share. I'm tired of the narrative. So it's my turn. It's my turn to speak. And if more people spoke out, can guarantee you the last two years would have looked so different if more people chose to speak out. You weren't but allowed to speak out. Want, you say what? You said we're not allowed to speak out. I mean, you and I are. So, you know, like everybody else, like it's just like, and we've probably gotten penalized where like, I know on Instagram and Facebook, they put me in quote unquote jail. You're, you're talking against the narrative. We don't like that. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm still going to do it anyways. I'm not going to let you silence me because guess what? You're on their platform so they can do whatever they want, but I'm still going to keep talking because as an influencer, the reason why I like that phrase is because I am influencing people and I want people to know, look, Think for yourself and put your put your opinion and stuff out there. If you just use social media just for business on what you can get from people rather than how you can give and help them just level up in their life, like massive. it's a huge difference. Massive what you just said. What you just said is absolutely massive. Uh, my joy and my, a lot of this comes from, you know, people always say like, how do you make your money? And, and it's like, how come you're always promoting other coaches and how come you're always helping other people and all that sort of stuff? And there was, there's one line that I absolutely adore. And I, I've lived by this line. It was Jim Rohn that I heard it the first time but I'm pretty sure it's a Dale Carnegie line and it said, help enough people achieve their dreams and your dreams in turn will come true. And for me, I love coming on here. I love being able to spotlight, you know, you, you're out there, you're doing a million things, but now there's four or 5,000 people that get to hear your voice and your message for the first time, just from popping on over here. 
you taking a minute out of your day to do this. You know, it's great stuff. And your story is really cool. Right. So to me, it's like, help a lot of people help anyone and give, give, give. But when you start saying to think like, what am I going to get out of this? Like anyone that's, that's asked me that, or anyone that comes to me that wants to do one-on-one coaching, you know, you know, right away. And the funny thing is that what most coaches won't tell you, I laughed. I don't think it came on the radio, but I, I chuckled when, when you said, I like, I hate having to call myself something. Right. And the whole coach thing, like, what are you a coach? What are you this? Are you a guru? Like it's that to me is the worst part of my job too. Like, what do you call yourself? <laughs> I'm taking a page of the Alan Watts book. I'm going to call myself a spiritual entertainer. Oh, nice. But, and, and this is the thing, like, it's really hard to tell, you know, people what you are, but when you're doing the interview and when you're, when you're, when you're on with them, a lot of your potential clients and a lot of people talking to you will be like, I'm interviewing her. But the truth of the matter is that the coach is interviewing you. You know, are you going to be able to work with us? Are you going to show, are you going to show pointers? Are you going to show points? Are you going to come across as arrogant and ignorant and work your way out of the possibility of a higher, a higher position, a higher, you know, that sort of thing. And I mean, it's a lot of fun, the the career, the path, this, this being able to help people that's working from home, the speaking um, COVID again, pushed a lot of people into, into, into this realm. It's like all of a sudden we'd been going along the mental mastery Alliance had been going along quite well. And then COVID hit and we just got flooded. How do you do what you do? Where, you know, I've been following you for years. Now I need to know. And yeah. there's so much out there. There are so many people out there that want to talk, but don't believe they're worth it or that they have anything to say. The number one fault and flaw and problem that I have or anyone's fear or anything, the number one, whenever they come to me or whenever we do an intake call is the number one question is why would anyone listen to me? Mm. And I don't know. I'm sure that you must get that a lot too. Um, and what's your answer? What is I'm now picture me. I'm, I'm on, I'm on the call with you and we might start working together. And I say to you, why would anyone want to listen to me? What do you say? Honestly, the first thing I say is you have to view yourself. Like I'm expensive. Tell yourself. And I literally have them repeat. I'm expensive. And they're like, well, what was that for? Cause they normally don't catch it. And I was like, the reason why I want you to say that is because everything that you've gone through up until now plays into who you are right now. What you went through six days ago, six years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. Like there's a reason why you went through it. And it's not the circumstances that matter. It's the person you become that matters. And inside of that, that's the wisdom that you get to share with other people. So whether your jam is life coaching, a business coach, a podcast coach, or whatever it is that you want to do, e-commerce, selling stuff on Etsy. Like, I don't care. Everybody has their own jam, right? Yeah. There's a reason why you're feeling that tug and that pull. But, and I'm a you know really big believer in regards to having a lot of faith in my life. And it's the enemy has an assault on our voice. He wants you to be silent. He wants you to feel I'm not worthy. I'm not, I don't have the credibility. No one's going to listen to me. And honestly, I hate to say it, he's done a heck of a job because a lot of people feel that way. And I constantly get asked that. So to that point is like, you get to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm expensive. Everything I went through. Yes. People will want to work with me. And you have to start building that belief or at least hire somebody that can start helping you build that belief, maybe borrow theirs a little bit so you can get to that point because there's probably, not even probably, there is a lot of trauma that people have gone through, hence why they don't want to share, hence why they're coming to you or coming to me being like, help me, I am tired of being in this space, let's move out of it. And those are the brave ones that are like, I'm tired of it, I'm willing to do the work, let's get in there. And there's a lot of people that aren't brave. They just want to stay stuck and be in the same place they are right now in the next year, five years from now. And that's their choice. You said in that, um, that the enemy wants to silence you. I'm curious in your story, who's the enemy? The enemy for me uh, would be Satan. Satan is your enemy? Satan is, Satan is the enemy, yes. 
So then God is your pro? Yes. So I'm a believer that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That's my belief. That's my relationship. I'm more of the relationship type of belief rather because I personally have had those experiences and, and dove in not so much connected to like, you know, the, the religious practices. Um, but I do call myself a Christian. That's if I had to put a title on it, that's what it would be. But really it's how I live my life and love on other people. Yeah. No, I, I'm curious about that because I, you know, I, the funny thing about that is, is in my growth pattern, uh, Christianity was, was a good one. Um, and, and Catholicism was not a good one, <laughs> right? They preach the same God. Uh, and I say Catholicism was not a good one because it's fucking weird. Catholicism is weird, man. It's like, it's, it's all about the to, work. It's, it's about next, the work. It's next to Satanism, but the message is still there. And and it's interesting too, because now some would refer to me as a new ager because I have the idea and the belief that the universe is all one. I believe that we are all having an, ex- an experience, but that we are all one. So everything that is God and everything that is Satan is, is you, you know, my firm belief that there is no good or evil. There's only perspective. And that, you know, that blows people away a lot of the time when I say that, because it's like, if, if you, if, if my sister, for example, was going to kill your entire family in a car crash, but you had knowledge that it was going to happen. And all you had to do to save your entire family, your whole bloodline was to kill my sister probably would do it. Right. And, and that would make you a hero to all of them but an enemy to me. So, you know, therein lies the, the, the difference of good versus evil and every single thing. Now that's just an external story on that. And again, for me to talk about good and evil, every single thing that we've ever done personally, that we believe to be evil is the thing that taught us the most. So if you think to yourself, the worst thing that you've ever done to somebody or the worst thing that was ever done to you, how you took from that, how, because of your actions, i.e. the worst thing you ever did to somebody you can remember it i think the people that are listening to this right now when i said that it probably the a, a, a specific instance popped into their mind but that instance is the thing that taught you to never do that thing again and taught you how to be a, a better version of yourself because all the things that you ever did like imagine you're driving in your car and you cut somebody off and they spill their coffee on their lap and they're they're, they're freaking out they quickly run home to change because they've got this massive job interview, but because you cut them off and they had to go home, they were three minutes late for the interview. They didn't get their job. They lost their wife and kids and the house and everything went up in smoke. And for the rest of your natural life, there's somebody looking for a red Acura. That's got the last numbers three X Y on it. They've only got half a plate and a red Acura, but it's you, right? They're hating you for the rest of your life. Two things. You had no idea that you were cutting them off in traffic. Also, if this job was so important to them, why the hell did they leave it so late? Right. And this is, this is, there's, again, there are so many connotations and there are so many levels to good versus evil. And so when you say evil wants to quell your voice, the evil is the, is the version of you that doesn't want to speak or that doesn't think you're good enough to speak, which allows the good version, the God version of you to step in and say, these are the things that we need to overcome to be the person that can speak. And I think that that to me, like, and again, I'm not taking away from anyone's religion because I believe I'm, I'm an omnivert, I think is the term. I think that's the one where I don't believe in any one religion, but I believe there's truth in all of them. Uh, and I, and I like, I like that. So the, the good versus evil, do you do a lot of work with that or like, you know, speaking on that in, in your programs and when you're dealing with people, like how, how deep into good versus evil do you go with that? 
You know, I actually go pretty deep. And so outside of what I do with those courses and that consulting, I actually have an organization um, called Girl Power Alliance, where it's a Christian women in business organization where we teach people how to have God in the center of everything that you do, nice. because um, that is, you know, what we what we believe. And there's a lot of women that don't feel worthy and, you know, all the things when it comes to like building a business and, you know, just what are you building it on? So at the end of the day, in that organization, yes. Now, all of that leads into every area of my life because like how you hear Molly here, how you see her here, like that's that's who you get. Like, I'm not going to turn one thing on over here and turn it off over here. It's like, that's just, it is what it is. And I'm very open about that on social media, about my beliefs and like what it is that I feel very strongly about. And I actually show people a part of the process because, you know, one thing with Christians is that a lot of Christians have gotten a bad rap because whether it's, you know, they're, they're judgy or this, that, and the other thing, you know, every religion has their own thing. But I'm like, I'm a like, ask me whatever you want to ask me. And then I'm going to be very open about how it is that I grow. So you can see, because on, on social media, a lot of people are like, oh, that person wasn't overnight, this and that. And I contribute a lot of my success to, you know, my God, because at the end of the day, like I've had those encounters and those experiences to see him work single-handedly in my life of ways that I'm like, man, I shouldn't have made it physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, all the things, because it's a relationship and what you have with them. It's not a rule book that you follow. So um, all that to say is that, yes, people will, they will get that. And then the one other thing that I wanted to say, because you, uh, you mentioned it is that, um, the battle really isn't in the physical realm. It's in the spiritual realm, point blank period. Like it, it starts, the battle starts in your mind and how you get attacked in your mind with whether you think it's your thoughts or you think it's the enemy who I say Satan, because that's my enemy when it comes to those thoughts, but it's all how you train your mind on what you want to focus on because what you focus on grows. And a lot of people have a, just, just a, not a healthy mind. Let's just put it that way. And that's yeah. simple. So that that's really important for people to be able to grasp on and be like, okay, what am I feeding it? Music, people, books, thoughts, environment, all of it. Oh yeah. And people are sitting there going, I don't know how to pay my bills, you know, yet, yet they're sitting there watching Netflix and not listening to audiobooks, not taking. Right. Money's not hard to make. You just don't want to go get it bad enough. Yeah. It's out there, man. It's absolutely out there. And I know you know, you're, we're running short on your time. You have a, a call in a few minutes, so I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. I loved this conversation. I think it was great. And, 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 you know, just to add, you know, because people have called me a new ager and I, and I'm, I'm completely open to any religion. I'm open to all of it. I'll tell you though, when push comes to shove and when you're absolutely pushed to the top, you're talking about moments where you should never have even made it out there. What comes to mind for me, I was in a, um, a 1987 uh, con- convertible or T-top Corvette. And my friend was hammered uh, and we hit the curb going around a corner and flipped the car up onto its side and then onto its roof. And then it clipped off another tree and started rotating on its roof. And, we, and this was a T-top version of the, the, and it might not have been an 87, it might've even been a 67, but it was, it was an old, oh, it was like an 83 or whatever. Anyway, I'm sitting there with one hand up and one hand on the T and this car is shattered. This fiberglass body, it's shattered. The car's destroyed. Right, no glass, no nothing. All the windows are broken, and I had a few scratches on my fingertips from where my, my hand touched the road. And without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what you choose to say that you believe in, the minute that shit goes down in your life, God is the one you're praying to, the one you're thanking, regardless of anything. Immediately, thank God, nothing happened to me. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, praise Allah. Anybody, thank you, Vishnu. Anyone up there, you're thanking anyone up there. So. When people want to talk about how, you know, you're the most powerful, you're the this, you're the that, there is, there is a plan, there is a construction, there is a thing. 
And no matter how it is, you know, the idea behind a lot of religion too is deception, is deceit, is fighting. Um, and, and once you get past all of that, once you really get the opportunity to see what's happening, you can say, okay, well, even in that animosity and in that tension, in that fighting, I was able to rise above it. And for somebody like me, who was a glorified piece of shit for the longest portion of his life, uh, to be able to sit back and say, you know, just thankful, just be thankful for everything that, you know, that is now. And the person that I was that lead that led to this, this version of myself, that's leading to the next version of myself. Um, there's so much more out there. There's literally so much more out there, all the good, all the evil, all of it leads to something bigger. And what you choose to focus on, like you said, the wolf you choose to feed, that's the one that gets it. Uh, is there anything that you want to leave our audience with on your way out onto your next super busy call? Yeah, no, I'm just grateful, Adam. Thank you for having me on here. And I'm just really grateful because at the end of the day, like it's the power of how I cho chose to use my voice got us connected. So I just want people to end on that because at the end of the day, you would have never found me. I live in Orange County, California. You, I think you said you live in Canada. Like, how did we meet? Because of somebody else that I connected with that lives in Canada. How did her and I meet? Because of the content I was putting out there and just being me and just being bold and real. So at the end of the day, when you start showing up and be like, this is me, take it or leave it. I could care less if you, you take it or leave it. The right people are going to start to show up and they're going to be like, there's value there. I see it. I want to showcase it or I want to be your friend and let's dive in. And so many people are missing that real connection because they're not really being themselves. So of course you're not going to attract what you want because you're not even being you. So all that to say is I'm grateful to, to be here. And I know we could probably go off on that tangent yeah, too. <laughs> for sure. That's, that's where divorce comes from, right? Everybody peacocking and then everybody getting divorced because they have to show their true colors eventually. Now it's great. I, again, I love it. I, I love the connection. I love the energy. I love the essence. And we're definitely going to have you back on the show. Uh, this was such an amazing first encounter. Like I said, like we've now known each other for a full hour and that's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. And all of your show line of notes, guys, everything that we've talked about, uh, that'll all be in the show liner as well. So you're going to be able just to click on those links uh, and find out more about what Molly's up to, but she's an absolute rock star. Uh, so thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Excellent. And ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of red green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's mental mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and mental mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at mental mastery Alliance and on Facebook at mental mastery Alliance. And remember your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.